Get ready for an hour filled with conspiracies, UFOs, ghosts, the paranormal, legends, and myths from around the world. Chasing Prophecy Radio, where the paranormal is supernatural. With your hosts, Sean Kelly, Jenny Nicasio. Welcome to the Chasing Prophecy Radio, and here are your hosts, Sean and Jenny. And you're live. Good evening from the Keystone State. Welcome to Chasing Prophecy on the UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 107.1 FM, New Orleans, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. I'm Jenny Nicasio, along with my co-host, Sean Kelly. Remember to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Great to be with you this evening, Sean. Yes. Yes, it's great to be with you. <laughs> yes. I start vacation tomorrow. Again? I thought you just had yeah. one. Yes, I start another one. Oh, that's awesome. Good for you. Well, mm. um, so what's going on? Anything special? Any paranormal investigations? Yes. Uh, ever since we started Chasing Prophecy Show, and um, a lot of people have been coming to my mm. Facebook page, and they're actually... Uh, we're getting a lot of investigations, but I'm really excited about the one next week, October, October 2nd. 2nd. And we're still doing that Facebook Live? Yes, we are. Okay, because it's going to be a live investigation, so it should be really cool, huh? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so am I. I really am. Um, I haven't been doing much to brought my um, my tropical plants in saving them debugged them um my fig tree finally got figs so it's been okay weekend so i'm excited um but the only thing is john uh, america's in trouble yes i know last night i got really bummed i think i'm an empath that you were talking about i'm starting to feel that the energy from other people and i'm not liking it and i feel in so many so many ways People are angry, they're depressed, and just plain pissed off. And not only is it that, there's all this crazy stuff. The earthquakes, the hurricanes, the wildfires. And I think nature can feel it too. And and now they have the asteroid. I don't know if you saw that again. Another asteroid that's whizzing by us today. Yes. And the end of time is coming. Do you feel it? You know... I was talking to my brother about this just before the show started, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't feel it. I just feel that this is one big hiccup in the universe, for, and I believe when the hiccup stops hiccuping, then it, it's just going to fall out to being like it was before. That's a good way of I, thinking about hiccups. Yeah, I have faith. I mean, oh. I have faith, and... Good thing you got it. You got it for both of us. <laughs> Lately, I don't know. Lately, I don't know. I'm struggling. I um, I, I don't know. My I, my God, um, he's very protective and he's very understanding and he's very loving. Yeah, you have to have it for your line of work, and going yeah. into going and into all those houses and in areas that are haunted and there's a lot of. You know, spirits and apparitions and energy that you don't want to piggyback, right? Ooh, 
no, no, no. We don't want piggybacking going on. <laughs> well, America's in trouble, nevertheless, and with the rioting and the hatred, and I don't see any end anytime soon, especially what's going on now um, with uh, Ruth Ginsburg's passing. What do you? What are your thoughts? It's brought more questions and uncertainty. That's what I can tell you for sure. Yes. Uh, here's my thoughts on that. Um, whenever they replace her, all hell is going to break loose. And there's, it's just going to be one big civil war or a revolutionary war. Um, it sounds like it's coming to. It yeah. doesn't stop soon. It's what it sounds like. But I found that last night from a friend that spray. Kind of broke up there. Oh, wasp spray? W-A-S-P spray mm -hmm. um, to shoot it in the eyes and the only antidote is in the hospital so mm, that's right. really that's a little, mm. little, that's a little extreme but <laughs> but any, every day seems like we're coming to the ends of times I know you're not you're like calling it hiccups but there's speculation the Antichrist is out there and he or she will reveal themselves soon according to someone and that someone is our special guest this evening she knows a lot about this topic, Dr. Joy Jeffrey's Pew Trilogy, Eden, The Knowledge of Good and Evil, um, 666, The Antichrist, The Cloned Image of Jesus Christ, and The Theology is a bestseller. And she's also um, does a lot of research, and her research is actually featured on the History Channel and international radio shows. Dr. Joy, I'm going to call her Dr. Joy, believes she was called to write the Lord's God's truth. She has investigated and revealed the puzzle of God's truth. She believes as our world comes closer to God's predicted ends of time, always know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is near and even at the door. It's her hope to prepare people, Satan's Antichrist clone, Mm -hmm. who will come as a counterfeit. That's really powerful stuff. Her hope is to in introduce people to reveal Jesus so that we will not be deceived by this upcoming imposter. Prepare for the rise of the Antichrist. Wow, that's intense. Dr. Joy, welcome back to Chasing Prophecy. It's so good to have you back. Thank you so much for being able to have me back again and let me talk about a lot of the research that I've been doing on this particular topic. It just seems so perfect for the time we are living in right now. Never did I dream how things could change so fast in our world. But, you know, studying this for so long and researching it like I have, it just, the pieces of the puzzle are falling together, and they're perfectly there, and they match exactly what Scripture has told us is going to happen with a final kind of a terminal generation. And when you see these things really happening all around us and how intense and how they're a lot like a woman in travail, then you really can't go back and say we'll ever go back to the way it once was. Once those signs start happening, everything comes in like waves, and the intensity gets greater and greater. So, yes, we're living in some very troubling, perilous times right now. And sometimes people, you know, it's kind of like the paranormal. I always laugh about it. People want to believe in it, but then when you start really showing them that it's really real, mm -hmm. then it scares a lot of people because it's easy to say, well, maybe that's not the way it is. But then when you really see it and behold it, then the reality of it becomes quite amazing. 
And so that's the thing about the work that I've done for so many years now, wanting to see the end of days as I believed it, as it would occur and what I had researched. And now seeing these things lining up and following exactly what Scripture says is quite amazing. Yeah, it sounds that your trilogy has some thought-provoking claims about the deception within the Catholic Church, the New World Order, secret societies, power hold on the world leadership and the identity of the Antichrist. So why don't you talk about that? Well, you know, the thing that's most interesting to me was how could a man come on the scene and really be so, I guess, conniving or charismatic to make us not realize that this would not be a good person, but in fact would be Satan literally in human form. And so many times we go back and we look in history that people have pointed fingers like at Mussolini or like at Hitler or some of the people way on back, you know, Nimrod and some of the other people that they said could have been Antichrist. The thing about what we're looking at today and how Scripture tells us that it's not going to be someone that we would think was the Antichrist, we will think this individual is the Messiah. And a lot of times it's like when people start pointing fingers at people, they typically want to find somebody that's mean and very cruel mm-hmm. and, and that nature. And really what scripture tells us is that it's going to be just the opposite. And it has to meet the specification as what the Jewish people believe a Messiah will be. And that's why they're confused and why the world becomes confused, because a lot of people who believe in that Jewish Judaism kind of religion, they don't believe that Jesus has ever been born. Hmm. So to meet the qualifications, the person has got to come from a lineage that is connected to King David. And they're waiting for that Messiah who would have to fall into the guidelines of what Scripture says. Uh, Looking at the tribe of Dan, that's mentioned in Scripture Mm -hmm. as an adder in the way. And at the same time, we know that the person has to have a royal status because even in the book of Daniel, we're we're told about this prince, the people's prince. And that he has to have this standing to be able to stand in a temple and proclaim himself to be God. Well, if he does not meet the specifications of that, then he can't just walk in and say, I'm royalty, I can be a king, I can be a prince, and I can deliver and prove that I'm the Messiah, come to save the world. If he cannot do that, then he doesn't meet the specifications. And so... That's one of the things that where I've seen people say, like Hitler and people mm-hmm. like that, he just didn't meet the qualifications of what Scripture tells us to be looking for. And the fact that we have so many other things happening in the world, like you were mentioning mm-hmm. about you know, the lawlessness and the perverse, the things, the sexual things that are going on, the marriage breakdown, lovers of self. We see people who are very selfish. We see the hostility of the nations against Israel. Mm -hmm. And then we see things like, you know, false prophets, false teachers, the love of money. And then the really the removal of truth. We can't really tell who's telling us the truth when we watch news. I mean, we're lost as to 
is this really real? Even in the research that I do now, it requires me to spend so much time looking and making sure that what I'm trying to tell someone is really real and that it's really true and that someone is not giving information that is false out there. So the fact that, you know, the end of days, it tells us that you will not really be able to tell kind of the truth from the lie. And then you look at the pestilences and the plagues. And like you mentioned, the asteroids and how they're getting closer by us before we even realize they're upon us. And so if you, if you, if you really take into consideration all those things, then the next thing we know, when lawlessness comes to the world and we become like the days of Noah, then it says the lawless man that's going to step into the scene is going to be an antichrist. But the problem is he's going to appear as a man with all the answers, a man that has the ability to take us out of a bad situation and, and give us better light into things. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I found in my work was that in looking at the book of Revelation, there's four times in Revelation that they talk about the image of the beast. And you can go and look at Revelation 13, 15. Revelation 13 and all of Revelation was actually written in Koine Greek. So if anybody knows about translations, when you start translating Greek or Hebrew into something different, our English language sometimes doesn't have the perfect word to match it. Mm -hmm. Well, when we look at what Koine Greek was telling us about the image, this is the only time in the entire, really, books of any of the Bible where this particular word, image, is in that Greek word. And that Greek word means, in our English translation, icon. It's where we get the word icon from. Mm -hmm. In Greek, there can be three different ones. It can be character. It can be karama. It can be um the image can also mean the icon. So the fact that when John the Revelator wrote this, he used the Greek word for icon. So if you go back and you say, well, what, were the, what was the Greek language when it was talking about icon? What was it really telling people if you read back in the day of what Greek uh, wording was about? It meant a statue and the likeness of somebody who was very, very, very famous. Well, back in the day, if you look at that, icons were either early saints or paintings of either Christ, the disciples, or Mary. So that lets you know that when Jesus was here and he spoke, he said, be careful. They're going to say, here's the Christ. There's the Christ. And that this being it's going to come forward. It's going to be standing in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. And I think those things are really important for us to pay attention to because that's what Scripture is telling us to be prepared for. It's not a computer. It's literally a man. His number is 666. So it is a human being-looking person that's going to play out as the Antichrist but will appear to most people as a messiah joy um what is now is the temple of god or the temple that you talk about 
Well, the thing that I was most concerned about, I had always looked back and, and looked at what it was that Jesus himself said about the temple of God. And what he had told the Pharisees and Sadducees was that in three days he was going to raise up the temple. And they all laughed and said, are you kidding me? It took 40 years to build a temple. But they quickly understood that he was talking about his body. So when you look at the way that it's worded, that this being is going to stand in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God, then the temple of God was the body of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when I started looking at that, I'm like, oh my gosh, here we've been maybe waiting to see the third temple be rebuilt in Jerusalem. But that was not what Jesus was talking about. And he let the Sadducees and Pharisees understand that he was talking about his body, at which he rose mm-hmm. and raised it in three days. Yeah. Okay. Now, you were talking about, when I was listening to you, um, and how you were mentioned about how the Antichrist is going to come by and show himself and all that stuff. But... I don't know, it really sounded like a very powerful person right now out there, and uh, it kind of scares me. Well, yeah. that's that's I, the thing. It, the, we are living in the days when all the other things are like a woman in travail, like a woman that's in birth pains. And that was the signs that and the wonders that would be happening at the end of days. It would be things that were happening in conjunction with each other and getting worse and worse with greater intensity. If that starts happening, which we can clearly see things happening like this, where, you know, we may have had an earthquake over here, an earthquake over there. We may have had a bad hurricane. We may have had these other kinds of things happen, you know, pestilence and plagues that we have seen. But what we're seeing happen is the interaction between things for example instead of having just a hurricane come in we now have a hurricane comes in where we have people in covid situations Mm -hmm. so now we've got a double dose of something and then as the hurricane moves into our country then it forms another kind of hurricane on the ground and then we start destroying our food and at the same time, we've got fires going. And we know in other places across the world, we've got whales that are beaching themselves. It's that it's starting to come together closer and closer with greater intensity and it's intermingling. So when you think about a woman having a baby, she may have a little bit of a kicking you know, problem, maybe a little sickness when she first gets started into being pregnant. But as she moves on down to that ninth month, she's got... Her emotions are going crazy. She's wanting to eat funny things. Mm -hmm. She cries. uh, And then the pain, the kicking, the nausea, the problems, everything starts, you know, coming together all at one time until that intensity gets so great that she finally delivers the child. So if we're in that, then that means, according to Scripture, that this man of lawlessness has to be in walking right now about ready to step in to this position of somebody really believing 
that he is the Messiah who's come to save the world. And, you know, this mark of the beast is an iconic mark. And if Jesus was telling us, be careful of this, be careful of the person that's going to be walking in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God, having the answers, we have typically not looked like that. We've been looking for a little man in a little red suit with a pitchfork and, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. And that is not what Satan has ever, I, I've always said we had the wrong impression of Satan. When he was, when he was in the Garden of Eden, he was a mixed tree. Everything else, if you go back and look at Genesis, was made after its kind and it was good. So if a pecan tree was pecan tree, it was pecan tree. It did not have anything mixed. The tree of life was the tree of life. The only time you find anything is that there was good and evil mixed together. And how did he confuse Eve? He had, it, he had her believing that what he was saying was so perfect that she didn't question him. Yeah. So he could, he could not have been like a rattlesnake and her afraid of it. She literally thought he was beautiful. She trusted him. She literally saw him as a tree of life and not like something bad. So there's where the, the problem is that we've been looking for the little red guy and the pitchfork and the horns that, you know, we've played out as being Satan and the devil when in fact he's very conniving. He's very subtle. He's intelligent. He's creative. But the thing, the reason he got thrown out of heaven is was he wanted to be God. He yeah. wanted to be the great I am. <laughs> so that's what he is doing is trying to emulate. He was emulating God. That's why he got kicked out of heaven. He was emulating God in the Garden of Eden. And it says that same dragon will be here at the end of days, and he's going to be emulating Jesus again. Joy, um, what makes you think, okay, the Antichrist will be a clone of Christ? Now, how will, they, how will the devil do that? Well, see, the thing that I felt was very unusual when you start looking at what is it that something could be kind of a quasi-form type of life. And when I went back and looked at what it was talking about, that this, this, this form would be able to walk, look like a human, act like a human, what was in the literature that could kind of give me an idea about it? And when I went back and looked at the Jewish sages and how they wrote about these golem, this is where we get our Frankenstein stories from. So they could create flesh without humans inside of them. And golem were supposedly human-looking beings. If you go back and you look at the Garden of Eden, and we know that Cain went out and married somebody, and that's how the civilizations kind of began. Mm -hmm. What we know from Genesis 1 to Genesis 2 and 3, that there was a difference in the male and female that was created in Genesis 1, different from Adam and Eve. But the problem is, when we look at archaeological finds and the history of what the homo sapien was we know that there was something called homo erectus so i fully believe did not really have a soul in its body because the breath of life was not blown into anything until he created god created adam and then he took a rib out of Ab adam which was the best place to get dna scientifically to form Eve. Anytime that you want to get the perfect DNA out of something, you, you actually go to the rib, and that's how we know that 
he took the rib to make Eve. So he made her from what he had put the breath of life in. But if you go back and look at the way the male and female were created first to go out and replenish the earth is different than what was in the garden. So they could have continued because they would have been able to have had sexual relationships as homo erectus and homo sapien. And we know, according to the archaeological record, the homo erectus eventually went away and homo sapien became the species that continued. So if we've got something that could be fixed with human-looking body without a soul in it, then there's one way to do that. We take a woman's egg, we clean out all the DNA, we take and we put a cell of like me or you or whatever inside that egg and we electrify it. That's when you get like in the Frankenstein where they had to electrify Frankenstein to bring him to life. That is how we take and we clone. In other words, we are doing a way of cloning that's not true to what God created. In other words, when the sperm hits the egg, there is an electrical response, and it causes cells to start dividing. Well, since we are not God, we have to electrify that egg to get that cell to start dividing. So we know that we are born with a spirit. Our cells of our body are all holographic us. In other words, every cell is a holographic you. If I take that cell and I put it inside of a woman's egg of myself, because all the DNA has been taken out, in nine months she's going to deliver a flesh being that looks identical to me, not a twin. She is literally giving birth to my flesh. Now, if I need a heart or an ear or lungs, they could take it out of that clone and put it in me. I'd never have to have any kind of rejection drugs. It would look, it would walk, it would breathe, but it would not have a soul in it because the spark of life is between the sperm and the egg. So we have the ability to create a being like the golem that the Jewish sages said was there before the Homo sapiens came to being. I still am a little confused. How does it become a clone from Christ? I still don't understand. I know you're talking about the, the those creatures, right? Where right. Are they the getting, way, where are they getting the DNA from Christ? That's, the DNA is on the holy shroud of Turin, which is the burial cloth that is actually housed over in Turin, Italy. It has been, and I, in fact, all sense. my books, all my books, I write about this particular shroud. It was found in the uh, grave area where the disciples came in. It says that the grave clothes were folded over to the side. There was a face napkin. The face napkin that went over the shroud has been in Avita, Spain, since the early uh, A.D., mm -hmm. maybe 300 A.D. And then, of course, the Shroud of Turin is owned now by the Catholic Pope, and it is housed in Turin, Italy. On that shroud is the true blood of Jesus Christ. Okay. It is the most it is the most researched relic in all of human history. And to this day we do not have the ability to replicate 
what is on that piece of cloth. Now, it has been tried so many times to make it look like it's been like a medieval forgery, that it was a painting, mm-hmm. that it did not have that. radiocarbon dating that was correct. But I'm a member of uh, a group that does this research. And right now, every scientist that's looking at the blood, all the stuff that's on there, even back when the Stirrup Committee had the capability to go in, and that was the research uh, team that went in, that was allowed to go in, and look at that cloth back in the 1970s, they absolutely took DNA from that cloth and they cloned it back then. So this is not something that's not able to be done. It is very able to be done. It's the cloning people get, they panic because they always thought cloning was this hard capability, but cloning can be done in a high school laboratory. I believe they can do that. I I believe they can clone. So anybody could have, I mean, it's been through so many different hands. I mean, right. But, but the, but the interesting thing is if when you look at the research and we're talking about scientists, we're talking about people who are geneticists. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about conspiracy period people that are there looking at a cloth. We're talking about people who go in and do forensic forensic scientists that look how somebody died and they're able mm-hmm. to say that this man in fact was yes he was crucified that the albumin and the types of liquid that's on that cloth would be from a person who had to be crucified to be able to have that kind of stuff on that cloth wow. i mean it's absolutely amazing yeah. and the fact that the x and y chromosomes that they took off of there confirmed it was a jewish male there were 700 base pairs of DNA that was removed from it. And we're talking, you know, this has been a good while back that this STIRP committee was there doing this kind of research. So it's not something that just happened. And what people don't really realize is when we first were made aware in, this, in the United States that there was a cloning going on, we were told about Dolly the sheep. Yeah. And so, you know, we were thinking, oh, this is the first time it's ever happened. But when you do the research back like I have, they were cloning frogs back in the 1800s. Keeping flesh alive is no problem. In fact, the first cancer that was ever taken out of a woman, its pieces of it are still alive in a Petri dish. Wow. Because all you have to do to keep flesh alive is feed it proteins. The thing about it is making it live and walk without having a, a, uh, a soul inside of it. And that's the thing, is that if you and I have a soul, then at any time we have the capability to tell, you know, whatever uh, spiritual being, demonic being, that we want to be exercised or we want to go back to our regular way or we have holy water thrown on us, mm-hmm. then we would be able to throw away an antichrist spirit. No way will Satan be in a body that somebody could exercise him from. He would not want to be where he could be removed from a body that had a soul in it. So he's got to be walking around in flesh that does not have a soul in it to inhabit that particular body. And again, you know, the three, the four times that that image is mentioned in the book of Revelation by John the Revelator uh, concerning that image is that it is an iconic image. And the only thing that anybody knew back in icon days and when, when he was writing that were like, Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, the first two icons that were actually painted uh, at the monastery there at the bottom of uh, Mount Sinai was actually Mary and, and Jesus. So I can't help but say if it is a man, it can be walking around in the image of God, in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God, then he would meet all the specifications as the Messiah according to what the Jewish sages would want to come to power. And you have to remember the reason they rejected him was because he didn't take over and rule the world for them. Mm-hmm. You know? So, go ahead, Sean. You, what are your thoughts? My, my thoughts... Um... I'm really, again, trying to understand, Joy, what you're saying. But uh, the more you talk, the more I'm seeing this person who's alive right now trying to take control of the world, okay? He's not young. He's not cute. He's not, uh, I mean, I believe that it is this person who's causing all the crap in this world all over the place. For someone to bring a country to their knees over someone, to me, he is. Well, it has to come from, Joy said he has to come from a royal bloodline, right, Joy? Yes, he does have to come from a royal bloodline because he's got to be able to stand in the temple proclaiming himself to be God, to be the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And when you know the truth about the Jewish religion and what the expectation was, was that he has to really come from the lineage of of King David. He has got to come from a royal lineage to be able to proclaim himself as prophet, priest, and king. See, the Jewish people that practice uh, Passover, they set a place at the table every year for what they believe is Elijah to come back and tell them, proclaim that the Messiah is coming. Mm-hmm. What they missed it when Jesus came was that John the Baptist, according to Scripture, was really Elijah proclaiming that uh, that that John the Baptist was really Elijah. And he proclaimed that Jesus, of course, was who he was. They're sitting at table waiting for really Elijah to come and proclaim that this person is going to be the Christ. And if you look at it, Scripture tells us that's a false prophet. Mm -hmm. And that false prophet literally lines up with someone that has power to unite religions together under one umbrella so that they're willing to accept this image or this being that says he's going to be or proclaims himself to be the messiah and at the same time he can bring down fire from heaven so we're talking about an individual that not only is going to meet a lineage and have to fall into the guidelines for the jews first of all to believe and then allow that to happen and truly think it has happened that's why in today's you see the two uh witnesses that Mm -hmm. come to really and they get you know of course killed in the street trying to explain whoa 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 guys wake up this is not the messiah he's already come do you have any speculation on who it might be well the thing the thing that that meets the um specifications the person that falls in line with the specifications we know has to be very wealthy it Mm -hmm. has to come from a lineage from the tribe of dan and has to have the capability to meet um, an ability to unite the world. And the person that I think 
that had, according to my research and everything that I've done to try to meet every one of those little tidbits of information lines up to the British royal family. And the British royal family tried very desperately when they united Prince Charles with Princess Diana to bring two bloodlines together to try to unite and bring together the the lineage of King David along with the tribe of Dan. And they do have that then. And they do have that. And then most people don't realize that Princess Diana really had a Jewish history because her father is not who they typically said was her father. And yet you can go back and look at all this and see that she was a Jewish person and that they brought these things together under the lineage of the Stuarts. Oh, it, it's just it's fascinating. And the, the book that I... Really, I mean, I spent years putting that book together. It's the Beguile series mm-hmm. and volume three. I mean, I go through every aspect of the tribe of Dan, how it moved down, how it got into Jerusalem, how it in- involved uh, the Canaanites, how the Germans were involved with that, how the people that were involved with making Israel back to a country like it was supposed to be, that it was the British people, that the British Empire is the same land as the old Holy Roman Empire, that at the end of days the Antichrist will have to use as that ten-nation confederacy to bring about what happens at the end, and that's the Battle of Armageddon. So you've got to have somebody has all these political ties, the money, the connections, the ability yeah. to connect himself to the, the the Anglican Church as well as to the Pope. And then the fact that we just saw the peace plans start happening and the very guy that's making sure those peace plans are happening, like in Saudi Arabia and that kind of thing, are very connected to the royal families. And even some of the rabbis who are in Israel are now proclaiming that they have already spoken to the Messiah. And there were several mm. of them that claimed, Kadurus, which was one of the, the old ones, who said after Errol Sharon died that there would be someone that would come up and he would know that that was going to be Messiah. He proclaimed that before his death. And then they've got new ones that are coming forward like that. So when you see that and you see that Prince Philip's mother is buried on the mount over there in Jerusalem. Yeah. People don't see the connection, but the British royal family and how they established and how they've got the But he whole seems such a nice guy. He doesn't seem like he would be the, I mean, he hasn't really done anything political, really, that I haven't seen anything. The thing that happens is this. When, for example, um, when Prince Charles was caught manipulating the uh, governments of these countries. It always said that the the king, queen, and princes and stuff like that were separate entity. But that was exposed because they're actually running those situations underhandedly without anyone knowing that. And when you look at what happened with the connection of Charles and Diana, Charles wanted to name William Arthur. He wanted him to be 
King Arthur. Hmm. And when you go through the Camelot story, of which I go through in my books, I mean, to the extent, the deal with Camelot was that a king who once lived would relive again as a child. Hmm. That would be King Arthur. So Diana would not let Charles name him Arthur. So they came up with William. And look at William. It's Will, I am, Mm -hmm. Arthur. Yeah. His next name is Arthur. What What did Diana do? She never called William, William. She always called him Will. Will. She never used the whole name. That's true. When she was pregnant with William, she tried to kill herself on several occasions by throwing herself downstairs trying to kill her and the baby. She stood on television time and time again, and one in particular was with Jane Pauley, Mm -hmm. in which she said, I was used as a birthing chamber. She did say that, I remember. And she said, she said, Charles never loved me. Mm -hmm. And we know that because he went right back to Camilla immediately after William was conceived. And so everything was put in motion to make sure that Diana met specifications, the whole nine yards. And so he was a very big practitioner of all these sacred sciences, alchemy, all this secret stuff, Mm -hmm. all these terrible levels of of evil. when When you do the research on it, you can imagine how much evil stuff Charles knew about and practiced witchcraft and black magic and alchemy. So if he's connected to the old... The, the, the main group that's over all the secret societies, then the folklore of bringing King Arthur back to the table. And even Diana said, I'm going to be his Merlin. Hmm. You know, she said that. And she would say, William has got knowledge that far exceeds, he's like my little old man. And we go back and we look at what did Mel Gibson do in Passion of the Christ. Yeah, I remember he had that. <laughs> the serpent-looking thing, which was almost a, a homorphodite-looking yeah. uh, evil person. And what was he carrying, or he or she carrying? A little no, old man, man. Yeah. like a baby. So, and what was the thing that was happening when he had that being walking through? It was when they were giving the lashes on Christ. And if you slowed the film down like you used to be able to do on a VHS movie, the blood was splattering the screen. Mm-hmm. Your brain can pick it up because the eye, you know, the flashing of that, you don't realize how people can brainwash you. But the blood was literally being splattered yeah. on the screen. As it was being splattered while Satan was walking with that child that was a little old man. And these are the these are the things that I bring up showing that Diana stood on TV and said, These people are lizards. She was telling you that they are from the serpent lineage. Mm-hmm. They're at I mean the whole thing, the whole reason Satan came into being and tried to stop the 
the birth of Jesus Christ, he was doing everything he could in the gardens to stop that. And so that lineage has gone through history. They are the, it's like the wheat and tares parable. We are the wheat, but that serpent lineage is the tares. Their whole intent is to bring about an antichrist in the days from their lineage. And the only way to do it and try to emulate Jesus, because his Jesus' body definitely resurrected through that cloth. I mean, it's just like pure light. It went through the cross. He's alive. His body is alive. His soul is alive. But what he left there, I think he baited Satan. Yeah. I think he baited him to give him the chance to walk in his flesh, something Satan has wanted to do since he turned against God in heaven and was cast out of heaven. He's given him the chance. So they're going to look alike, though, too. If for some reason the Christ appears and there's the Antichrist, they're going to look alike because look alike. they're going to be looking alike. You're, you're not going to know who which is which. And so the thing about it is, I on my website at drjoy.com, you can go and I had a person who was very good at graphic art start working it with me when William was a baby to try to age and look at what does he look like as he's gotten older. And what you find is that even when William is standing in front of a group of people speaking, he holds his hands identical in front of him as the shroud of Turin. Hmm. He is the same height, the same weight, his facial features, everything match up. So when you look at that and then you look at, okay, look at all the other things. His pedigree. He has the capability. He can walk in and can proclaim himself because he is, in fact, the only people on this planet that can say they are connected to King David is the British royal family because all the records when the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, it was burned to the ground. But yet they have the, the, the records that they trace all the way back to King David and can prove their lineage. So a person who has that pedigree, who can literally say, here's my pedigree, here's my mom and dad, and I can trace it all back to King David, I have the right to be ruler over Jerusalem. Okay, we can look at some of the things behind the scenes. We know that the Obama health care plan, that it was kind of put down and put around and whatever. Prince William owns that. So we're talking about people. The Antichrist, when he takes over, is going to step up onto the screen. He's not going to be where somebody's going to be figured this out. We don't even know what name he will choose. It's like, for example... When a person goes in to be a pope, you know, you look at the guy that was is this in there now. You know, Pope Francis, that's not his name, but that's the title that he's been given. And so when you start looking at what is the Antichrist 666 number going to equal, until he takes a name, we will not know that. So we can do all kinds of tests trying to do the numbers and gameplay it and whatever, but until he takes a name, we are not going to know until that moment. And I think that's why when it happens, it's very interesting to me that if he's already in the healthcare thing and we've got the the vaccination programs going and the connection to all these people and the money behind it, I mean 
The so, Queen of England is the wealthiest person on the planet, yeah. owns more land than anybody. The sun never sets on the British Empire. Yeah, I'm just a little confused with the name thing. Like he already has Prince William is his name. Like what what, what could he change his name to? Um, well, for for example, you can go to become King George. You can go to become King Oh, William. okay, if he's you a king. Okay, take, I get it now. Right. You don't have to take <laughs> You get that it name. now, Sean. I was like, okay. Okay, yeah. definitely. I'm going to have to read um, up that book, and I'm going to have to check out your website to see that. Because very fascinating stuff. Very fascinating. Well, you know, when I broke down his name, and I, in fact, and I was looking for something that was it, the first of it, and I came up with a UAE, and at the time I did that book, there was no such thing as a, a UAE like what it is now with the United Arab uh, Immigrants mm -hmm. that recently just came in and did the uh, the peace treaty. But I was like, those are some of the things that need to be in place for you to be able to see numbers and things of that nature. So it's, it's one of those things where we know with everything meeting the guidelines of the end of days that says you won't know the day or the hour, but you will know the season. So that's based on a lot of uh, Jewish belief in the, the thief in the night and the things of that nature so that you understand that when they went out and the new moon was going to come up, they didn't know when that new moon was going to show, and so they would blow the trumpet. And everybody would run to the temple, and you had so long before the doors got shut. And that's where you get the the parable about the ten virgins, uh, five had their oil in their lamps and five didn't. Because when if that happened at night and you didn't have any oil, you just got left out. So that's kind of like you got left out from the situation. Yeah. So if you look at all these little things that have to be in place at the end of days, it's all lining up perfectly as to everything else. So it means that there's got to be a false prophet in place and there's got to be a antichrist well the interesting thing is is that in scripture the false prophet gives life to the beast well who owns the strata terrain that allowed these things to happen the pope yeah so i went back and pulled in all the popes and the pope prophecies all that's in my work as well and the one thing that stood out was john paul ii said the whole reason for him to do what he was doing as the pope was he was going to bring about the fissioning well, a long time ago, we didn't have the word clone. We called it fissioning. fissioning. And that's exactly what he said he had been where he was as Pope John Paul II was to make sure the fissioning. And he was the Pope when William was born. Yeah. So, I mean, all this stuff, it's not like I'm just pointing my finger and guessing. I'm looking at all the research, it's just like if I was a trial lawyer, and I said, okay, we think this guy's guilty. Here's the documents, here's the research, here's the proof. I've lined it. Every, I mean, I've done everybody's homework. I've put everything in place to try to show you that I would say he is the closest of anybody on this planet that can be guilty. And we also know with the prophecy of the popes, that the last pope is supposed to be Peter the Roman, which I also show how Pope Francis meets that as well. So if that's the case, there's no more popes, and the pope has to turn around and give his keys back to the rightful owner, because when the Messiah steps up, there's no need for a vicar of Christ anymore. Mm -hmm. And would be a reason why the popes no longer exist. 
And we know, according to St. Malachy's prophecy, that the Pope Francis right now is the final Pope. Wow. Okay, so from what I, when you were just telling me about um, Prince Charles and all that stuff, do you think maybe the reason why the Queen hasn't died yet? <laughs> trying world? That's be, right. I'm, the That's timing, true. the timing, in fact, she made the comment, and I mentioned this in my book, that she had raised William to take over for the, the monarchy, and that they had somehow had seen even the Ark of the Covenant and knew about the place of the Ark of the Covenant, and I know certainly that whoever takes over as this Messiah has got to be able to either bring that Ark of the Covenant back up or have accessibility to the Ark of the Covenant, and for some reason they said that they had had the ability to know where it was and had seen it, and we know that that Charles is not right now. The, England does not want Charles and Camilla to be king and queen. I mean, they really hate Camilla because they know that Charles did Diana in. So, you know, even Diana, in her own words, said, "You know, Charles will never be king." Mm. I mean, all the things that she said makes you understand that she was in on the inside. She was trying to tell them. In fact, she stood on TV and said they're lizards. She, yeah. And she said, I was taken to slaughter. They're going to kill me. They, and that's did. exactly what they did. They and I show that it was on the pillar there mm -hmm. on Heathcath Day. I mean, I've got it down everything. Even William was born on the, you know, on the solace on the 21st. He was born under a king star. I mean, everything lines up. I've tried wow. to hit every possible I sat down and said, is there anything out there that would make me think he didn't line up? I mean, I took it to the nth degree, and that's how my research is. It's to the nth degree. And if somebody can find something different, I would love to hear it because, I mean, I have spent a long time looking for this person. And I truly I believe he meets the qualifications. It's fascinating. Fascinating. If he is the Messiah, then, and if they want... No, he wouldn't be the Messiah. He would be the Antichrist. Yeah, him, the Antichrist. Um, why don't they just knock off the queen now and get it over with? <laughs> because the timing's not right. Yeah, it's just the like right I, the research. That's right. The research that I'm doing on the Shroud of Turin, they already know that that Shroud is real, but the timing's not right. It's just like the, the Noah's Ark is up on those Mount Ariats. And then we've got pictures of that, but the Turkish government won't let us up there to get a piece of it. Because once we get it, then we say, Noah's Ark, real. Jesus Christ, real. real. Then you've got to, you know, what happens to the other religions? We really do die. This mm -hmm. thing is really real. There is a Satan. All this stuff is being held to the very last minute. And interesting enough, the people who discredited the shroud was the scientists from the British Museum that cut the piece of the shroud that they knew had been rewoven by nuns yeah. when the shroud actually was burned in a fire. Their intent was to keep that anybody from knowing about it right now. But the research, I mean, I I would tell you the research, anybody can go online and start looking at shroud research. I have not found anything that tells me that that shroud's not real. And the, the face napkin in Vita Spain matches the same blood. It's got the same DNA. It's got everything on it. And it was already in that place in 300 A.D., and I traced the shroud from the time it was in the tomb 
all the way to become the cloth of Edessa and how it was moved by the Knights Templar mm. all through history. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All that is in my research. I literally am showing you how the grail cup of Camelot that held Jesus' blood is the Shroud of Turin and that King Arthur is going to live again. And if Charles could have named him Arthur, if if Diana hadn't stopped it, we would have King Arthur. But we have Will, I am, and we know I am is the name of God. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Arthur. Wow. That's crazy. Do you have any good news for us, Joy? <laughs> no. Unfortunately, my work is not a bedtime story, and anybody that reads it, you know, it's one of those things that, I literally proved that there are bumps in the night, that mm-hmm. there are demonic forces, that Absolutely. they are here with us, that we have watchers that are watching us, that oh. everything that's paranormal, the, the Bible, I literally proved this, the Bible is the most paranormal book that's ever been written, and it's 100% true. True. Yeah. Hmm. So, unfortunately, it's going to play out like I was on the History Channel, and they asked me to, you know, what I thought about the end. I said it's going to happen exactly what the Bible said, and that's how they ended the series with me telling that on the History Channel, that it's going to end just like Like the Bible says. Okay. So, prepare When will it be? When it's the right time, right. And And the thing about it, the good news is that we have the manual. It's telling us what's going to happen, and it's also telling us how to survive it. We have the choice. If we want to follow Jesus and we choose him as our Lord and Savior, then we know we will make it through it. And if we die as martyrs, we still make it through it. But if we choose to follow Satan, there's a place called hell, and it's not lights out. Because I proved that when that, that little sperm hits the egg, that it ignites. And once energy is made, it can never be destroyed. So when you are resurrected at the end of days to stand before the great white throne of judgment, you are resurrected into an immortal body. That means you're going to spend forever either in paradise or forever either in hell with torment. And you will be tormented by everything you've ever done on this earth that was wrong by minions of evil demonic angels that hated God. And I tell you, I've done a lot of research on near-death experiences and the people that have the ones that they think they see hell come back and change their lives because it is like gnashing of teeth. It's like one some of the worst stuff you would ever hear. So that's where you have to be concerned. Make the right choice while you have the chance. Well, my my theory is right now that we're in hell. And when I die, I'm going to a better place. Mm. Well, unfortunately, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus tells us that hell is below us. It is in an area, and I fully believe that it is below us. I've always said that if I had enough money and somebody that helped me drill, that I would start drilling because I believe it's down there. And that great gulf that separates us, that those beings are absolutely in the ground. Because honestly, when you die, and if you've ever had an interdiff experience, I will tell you outside of the body, you are still you. You still have your mind. You still look just like you. Yep. Well, we're going to have to end it right here, huh, Sean? We got till 
we got until 7.30 their time. Really? Yeah, I sent you a text. I didn't see it. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. We can sit here and talk some more. Yeah. Hey, that's good with me. Okay, so we, we know it's Prince William. Okay. And what I don't understand is um, the 666, you said he has to choose a name. That's right. He will have to choose a name and in, in any kind of position that he takes, you know, when we start t- thinking about, you know, with the world like it has, we never really thought that we would get into a situation where major countries can fail mm-hmm. just because of economic instability. And the fact of the famines that are coming that we are not being really told about the, you know, Australia completely burned, over a billion animals died. They're having to import wheat where they were actually kind of the breadbasket of the world and they exported. What's happening is all the countries are starting to hoard their own stuff. And what will happen probably by December, we're going to start seeing certain countries that cannot sustain. And so they're going to have major famines. And that fulfills biblical prophecy about a wheat and a penny and that kind of stuff. So if that happens, We've already seen in the G7 summit, mm-hmm. President Trump was very concerned about this G5 technology that the Chinese had a, have a major connection to. Mm-hmm. G5 capability can launch, I mean, it can launch one of our um, uh, nuclear missile heads because it can come in and it can take over the system. And so when the G7 met... That was his concern to Britain, as well as a couple of the other people, to not use China's uh, uh, Hewat, or I can't think of the name. It starts with an H. Anyway, the company was over that. And the reason being, if they were able to get into our system, they could override it. Well, China has now surpassed the United States in our naval capability. They already have a million-man army, and we know that the Battle of Armageddon, it talks about the kings of the east and that huge army that they already can, you know, that they already have on the ground and capability. If they could come in, let's just say, on our soil, and they've already been trying this. I mean, they've been flying their aircraft in, trying to find where, how long does it take our aircraft to meet them, like around uh, Alaska and those areas. If they could land on our soil, and use their G5 capability and stop us from being able to use nuclear war, they have more people, manpower, than we could even imagine. They also have nuclear uh, capability with nuclear warheads in suitcases that we don't possess. So there's all these things that now for us to fight China, we've got to have other countries to come in and assist us. So... At the G7, they're going. They went to a D10. They've added some more countries like India along with us, trying to sustain that if we get into a world war situation, America can't beat China. This mm. is a very serious situation, and one that we know that Britain, United States, we've always had that connection, but a lot of people don't realize that our constitution was never re-ratified, and so we still belong to the British crown. And I talk about that in my research, because that would mean that our land, we are tenants. That we really don't own anything. And so we have to be careful in this country with the way it's going right now, 
if we had to instill martial law under executive order, mm -hmm. we would become t land tenants. We would have to report to the uh, post office and get a number. You would not own anything. Wow. Well, so there's where... <laughs> There's where the connection of us being a part of Britain. And also, when you go back and you look at the lineage of Joseph, he had two sons who was Ephraim and Manasseh. And the connection of that from the United States and Britain connect us. And a lot of people don't understand the connection between those Jewish lineages. A lot of people who, and I showed the research as well, but... A lot of times, the people who they thought were the Jewish people, we know when Hitler was killing people, that he was looking for pure Hebrews. Mm -hmm. He was not killing the, the Kazarian Jews. And people don't understand that there's a difference between the two. But when he would, he actually had the Rothschilds in his prisons. But when he let the Rothschilds out, they went over and started the state of Israel. And the connection to the Germans... People don't understand that the Windsors anglicize their names. They are Germans mm. and connected to Hitler. This so they a, let Israel Joy, get established. This is God bless you, Dr. Joy. God bless you because, nah, that, that's a lot of research. I'd, I'd lose it. I'd be in a mental <laughs> to be able to I, I, I'm still having a hard time. Okay, so the Antichrist, he's Prince William. He's lineage of royalty. Um, he's from Israel, the lineage. Um, but how do you think he's going to show himself that um, people are going to love him all over? It would have to be the whole world. That they love him and they, they're gra they gravitate to him. He's charismatic. I don't see that with Prince William. I see him as a quiet, shy child. But he's not. If he goes to any country, he's absolutely loved. If you read any of the stuff about when he comes in, he's almost like a rock star. Yeah. It's amazing how he is. And the research that I've done on people who have been around him and been in the military with him, oh, there is some major things that he has capability of and what his names were. His under name, which everybody in the royal family has an under name, and he is Dragon. Dragon. His name is Dragon. Yes, I mean, it's just all these things that line up that you just go like, my gosh. Okay, so he marries a girl named Catherine. And when you study this, they say, well, the Antichrist probably would never get married. Well, when you study that St. Catherine literally believed she was marrying Jesus and that she wore a ring, but Jesus didn't. When she married Prince William... She has Diana's ring, and William doesn't wear a ring. Hmm. So, I mean, there's all these connections. When they went on their honeymoon, they went to an area that they believe was actually the Garden of Eden. Uh, I mean, it's just on and on and on and on. All the similarities of what the Bible tells us to watch for. But William has always been called the people's prince. And when you look at Daniel, the people's prince is absolutely the Antichrist. Now, here's here's something funny. I gotta throw some funny in here. Are you sure we're not gonna get like come the Secret Service of Britain come to my house? <laughs> Seriously. Well, no. I will tell I will tell you this that I I will honestly believe that if I was ever given the chance to be on CNN. 
and tell what I know. You know, I've always had to be on, on shows that are out here that are good little shows. But I've never been, other than on the History Channel, which a lot of people were like, Joy, I cannot believe that somebody really let you say that. And I said, well, it's funny because the History Channel is controlled and you only get to say what they put in there. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they let me say some of the things that I said on that kind of program when I was on Coast to Coast with George Norrie and I started talking about Prince William and the pineal gland and the connection that I believe the pineal gland in, in your, your, which is called your third eye, which all lizards have that are workable, and why we see the pedophilia and all the stuff, the adenochrome stuff and them drinking the blood, it makes that gland work more effectively. Wait, wait, wait. When, I was, back, on, when I was back up, when Joy. I was on, you got to back up a little bit. Uh, you got to explain that a little bit better because... You're you're telling me that this gland is associated with um... the pineal gland, and and is is a a workable third eye in your forehead. It's workable in a lizard. And when I brought that to the table on Coast to Coast, they cut me off. I was supposed to have a four-hour show, and they came back on and said, "Thank you very much." Hmm. So it's, it's things like this because the pineal gland has got a quartz in it. it. It's like a transistor radio. So the science behind that, I wrote about this in, in my Beguile series, Volume 2. Uh, this gland literally is a third workable eye in our heads. And how I know that is when you do hypnosis and you have somebody under hypnosis, you can give them a pencil tell them they're in the first grade, they will write their name on a piece of paper within two lines like they would have written it when they were in the first grade, but yet their eyes are not open. You can tell them to take the pencil and write their name cursive like they're in the seventh grade, and they will take a little bitty, like tiny, tiny line like we had in school and write their name cursive. Their eyes are not open. When you have a person who sleepwalks, they can go all everywhere. Their eyes are not open. They're seeing through their third eye. That particular gland, if you cross-section the brain, and you cross-section it, it looks just like the Ark of the Covenant. The two sides of the brain look like the, the, the wings of the cherubs, and where the Ark of the Covenant mercy seat is is right where the pineal gland falls in that same cross-section. When you bring the serpent up the spine and you are doing meditation to illuminate yourself, you really do illuminate. You get into that other realm. You can get in there with Satan real good because he's an angel of light, and you get to see him, and you get to work with him. But the thing is, you're bringing the serpent up the spine into your holy of holies because we are in the image of Jesus Christ, and that in our head is our holiest of holies in temple. And if you look at it, we're all vibrating. When you vibrate the pineal gland, now we know at MIT we can send somebody a message in your head without you knowing it. So I can be talking to you and saying, hey, from across the room, using that and you're picking it up and you're hearing it. And there's where you get people who believe they're hearing voices when something really may be allowing them to hear voices it's like okay. a party line i mean it's like a, a line that, that, that god tells you you better not do those things he does not say that you can do this and not have a problem the Joy. witch the witch indoor 
actually conjured up Samuel. Okay. Um, Joy, honestly, I've been in the uh, spiritual world for a very long time, and I do have my third eye, and I see through it. I make sure I can see through it. And to be honest with you, okay, I never got messages. I never saw Satan. I never saw nothing evil, to be honest with you on that. I use my third eye to help people to find out what's around them, what's going around them, and stuff like that. Um, don't get me wrong. I do respect your research, but I, my third eye is for an, an eye of good. It is, you know, it's, that's who I am, and I'll stick by my word on that one. Now, when you when you when you open the third eye, are you using a type of vibrational pattern? No, I just opened it up. Okay, that that's that's diff that is different than doing the vibrational pattern with it. The vibrational pattern is what makes that gland spin, and when it spins and it vibrates, is when it opens itself up into the rim that I'm talking about, where Satan is as a, a, a light being. When the people uh, back with the Knights Templar that built the Gothic cathedrals on the Telluric ley lines on these oracle sites all over the, over the world, especially over in Europe, they built inside of those huge buildings, which they said were temples, they were literally musical instruments where the crypt that is under them falls on that ley line. And what okay. they would do, like in the uh, Great Pyramid, when they would get inside the sarcophagus and you hit the sarcophagus, it is tuned to a certain pitch. And that's what would allow them to have connection to the serpents through a universal consciousness. They are connected. And that's why those serpent lineages have to use, like, blood. That's where they get blood. And they drink blood, and you can go back and look at all the serpent lineages, even the royal families. You can do the history on that, and I show that and, and give the books and the resources on that. That they literally were killing virgins and drinking their blood. Yeah, there was a queen that did that. Oh, yes, major, major they did that. And so they also ate the flesh of mummies. There, in other words, there's a connection. And so when we talk about all the pedophilia that's going on and all the deaths of children and the fact that they are uh, wanting to make abortion legal is that they're using the flesh and the adnochrones and all this kind of stuff to feed their bodies with their third eye glands, which is different than if they're, in other words, you've got to be in the serpent lineage to do that. You and I, you know, we are we we are not like the serpents. I'm trying that's what I'm trying to say. We are not like the serpent lineage. That's why they have to have those particular things to drink and eat and and to be able to get to that what what is called universal consciousness. It's like the queen bee. When you go back and you look at the Egyptians, they use the queen beehive. The queen has a capability of connection to the worker bee. It's a universal consciousness. So when the queen leaves the hive, if she dies, the worker bees don't know. They go nuts because they're connected to her. So when you see that, it's like mob mentality. It's like a connecting factor in the brain 
that they can lock into and lock you into. Well, the pineal gland has that vibratory capability. So now that science has got the capability to lock onto it, then it can biologically control us like we are remote controls. And not you know, too long ago, they did a movie, George Clooney did, where they absolutely used a donkey they could move around. That is really based on evidence, true evidence, no different than The Exorcist is a true case study. Most people don't even realize that The Exorcist was based on a true case study of exorcism. Yeah. It's all that is how that is being manipulated in such a way to utilize that to connect us all and then make us like Manchurian candidates. In other words, make your heart speed up, make you fear. Without ever firing a shot, they're connecting us through that universal consciousness that is already there if you're in a part and part of that serpent lineage. Wow. It's I mean, it's, it's really scary. It's very scary. But what you're doing is different than what I'm talking about. You have to be in that serpent lineage and have those things to be able to cross into what they're doing. Like, for example, you can do transcendental meditation. You can do remote viewing. I mean, we can do things of that nature. But when you're serpent lineage and you are connected, and that's what Diana was trying to tell them, the people on TV that those people are serpents. They're lizards. Wow. But nobody got what she was saying. It's, ser- it's very, very, very scary. It's it very, scary. very scary. Yeah, that it is. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but God bless you, Dr. Joy. It's about that witching hour time Okay. Now. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, Joy. It was a delightful and very interesting. Tell our listeners where they can learn more about you and your books. Yes, they can just go to my website. It's www.drjoy, and it's D-R-J-O-Y-E, joy with an E, dot com. And then my Facebook page is joy, J-O-Y-E, and the last name is Pew, which is spelled P as in Paul, U-G-H. And they can friend me there and keep up with all the work and all the research that I'm doing and all about my books. All the links are there. Everything is there. In case you want to ask a question, there's a submission form, and you can ask a question. I'll be glad to answer it on my AMA show that I do once a month at the end of the month on YouTube from 8 to 10 p.m. Well, Eastern. Thank you so much. It was fascinating. John, tell our audience where someone can get in touch with you if you if they are interested in a paranormal investigation. Yes, uh, they could just go to Facebook and uh, go to my page, Pittsburgh Paranormal Society. Just leave us a message, and... Uh, We'll come and help. Awesome. And I welcome everyone to continue the conversation on Facebook and Friday Night Live on October, I believe it's 2nd. Pittsburgh Paranormal Chasing Prophecy will do a live investigation. Please check out our my author page at J.E. Nicasio, my trilogy from the sky. And that would be Equinox and Aurora's Curtain. I also have a Halloween book. It's a short story book. It's called The Haunting Tales of Twyla. Next week, we have a, our special guest is medium psychic author Corby Mitlaid. I hope you can join us. Remember to like us on Facebook and Instagram and check out subs- and subscribe to ChasingProphecyRadio.com and our YouTube channel. We look forward to your ghostly stories. You can send them to ChasingProphecyRadio at gmail.com. Stay safe. Good night, everyone. And thank you for tuning in. Happy hunting.